patio on your stereo No comparison to anything, this is a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order Intellectually patty radio on the stereo No comparison to anything, this is a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still, and as always, on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerd DJ's Radio Network. Y'all already know, man, it's legend after legend after legend after legend. It's redundancy at its finest, because that's all we do around here, and today is absolutely no exception. We got... The real estate mogul, serial entrepreneur, Mr. Jason Dixon in the building. How you doing, King? Man, doing good, man. Thank you for that intro, man. That's that's big. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. I'll be working on it, you know, trying to make Appreciate people feel special. Yes, yes, yep. yes. I'm trying. How's your family, man? How's everybody doing? Oh, yeah, the family's cool, man. I appreciate it, man. Everybody's doing good and blessed. Okay, so let's start off at the beginning. Um, North Oakland, I mean, North, North California in Oakland, mm-hmm. that's where you grew up at. Yeah. Um, yep. I grew up in, uh, Northern California in, in East Oakland. What's East Oakland like? That's, that's too short in them, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, that's dope. You yep, know, too, too short, short Gary Payton, a lot of, a lot of legends, man. A lot of, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, all of us are Kings and Queens, man. There's a lot of, a lot of good people came out of the Bay Area. Bill, Bill Russell, you know, Tom Hanks. Know Really? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Tom Hanks couldn't have been in like in the bottom though. Like he was like in the trendy area. I'm assuming. I mean, uh, areas Oakland is very uh, always been pretty eclectic, man. But he Tom Hanks was the skyline. Uh, you know, I don't in the know Oakland that. Hills. Okay. So mm-hmm. the hills is that like a a more uh, affluent area? Yes, I went to. I was fortunate to go to Monterey, which is kind of like a pipeline, middle school to Skyline in the Oakland Hills. Okay. I remember some of my friends in my neighborhood used to tease me and stuff like that. Oh, you in the Oakland Hills in Monterey. But uh, I'm happy I had the proper mindset at an early age. I, I You know, I, I always uh, understood how important that was to be around different people. Okay. All right. So you get through high school. What college did you go to? I went to Chabot College and. um and I have I have dropped out for a minute. I had my son, then I went ended up going to Cal East Bay. Okay. Um and, and and at what point do you decide real estate is what I want to do? Man, my dad been in the real estate since I've been younger, um, uh, my whole life basically. Um mm-hmm. he was an investor, so he had like a lot of properties by um universities in Fresno and uh in in the South Bay. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, he had a, he had a pretty uh pretty big portfolio of property. So that I always was intrigued by real estate at an early age. And he always, you know, once I started getting into my last few years of high school, he always encouraged me to get into it. Okay, so when was your first property that you bought? Um, my first. Oh, I'm not really. Uh, my first property I bought was in my mid twenties. But mm-hmm. really, I'm a realtor, 
and I first got into real estate. I, I don't do like flipping or anything like that, wholesaling, but I um I first got into real estate in 2005. I did loans. Okay. okay. Yeah, Yo. so I did, I did loans with this company called American Prime Funding. So it, it um it had I had a nice run from 2005 mm-hmm. to about 2009. You know, everybody remember how the economy got around 2009. Everything kind of crashed. But um I had fun. I hopped in at a good time. I learned a lot. And, um, you know, any experience, there's no waste of time. I'm happy I hopped in right before it crashed because I learned a lot, made some cool money, and then uh, just got a, got a chance to get trained by some some good people. So, uh, it, like when it cracked, you may not know, like when the housing uh, market, the bubble burst because bankers were using debt as monopoly money. Yeah, to a certain extent, you're right, yeah. How come they yeah. never get punished? That's a great question. Um, you know, when I started doing loans, <laughs> this one guy pulled me to the side in the office, and he was a he was one of the rock stars in the office too. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Why do you why do you tell people the positives and the negatives in the loan?" And I said, "I said, well, I used to explain loans to people. Like, say, if I got invited to have to someone's house to have a refinance meeting with them, I would say, listen, I brought you four new loans." Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think that's better than your current loan. But I said, mm-hmm. I just want you to, uh, when you're setting goals in life, it's important to be real, have realistic goals. I said, Facts. husband and wife love each other, but they don't love everything about each other. I said, kids love their parents. Parents love their kid, but they don't love everything about their kid. Kids would be lying. If they said they love everything about their parent and parents would be lying. If they said yeah. they love everything about their kid, that's just life. You know, no, nobody's perfect walking this earth. So I said, that's the same way I look at loans and that's the kind of the approach that I took as far as getting people to have clarity and have realistic goals that, you know, every loan has positives and negatives. I'm going to tell you the positives and negatives in every loan, just like, you know, people are in relationships. They're not with each other because each other is perfect. It's just, you know, this person is more, po- the positives outweigh the negatives. That's why we're together. I mean, most of us don't come in and say I snore and I fart in my sleep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Find that shit out on your own. You're right. You know? so, 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 you were bad for business. Is that what he was trying to tell you? Uh, to a certain extent, but this is the this is the thing. I have worked at hospitals and I have worked um, in real estate companies, and if people don't have a proper mindset, they can forget that if you're working at a hospital, you shouldn't just go in there every day, just clock in, clock out. You have to all always stay grounded and realize that these people are here fighting for their life. Yeah. And it's kind of like the same thing with real estate. If you don't stay grounded, you forget that the average person, biggest transaction in their life usually is real estate. That's usually the biggest loan that people get. And cars being second. And car, Yeah. Yeah. So it was important for me to give people. So number one, so I have peace when I lay down at night, because I like treating people how I want to be treated. And number two, mm-hmm. just so people don't need any surprises once they already sign their name on a dotted line. Like, I'll give you an example with the uh, the negative uh, amortization loan that was very popular in like 2000, um, or like 2006 to 2008 for a couple of years, it was very popular, but it was okay, a wait, 1%. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, what, what, what is that? Well, it was a 1% loan. Uh-huh. So it attracted, uh, you know, it attracted a lot of consumers and it got a lot of consumers' attention because all they was focusing on, like, oh, it's 1%. I can get into a house loan with 1%. Mm-hmm. 
but the loan actually had four options. It had option A, option B, option C, option D. So like one of the options could have been paying just the principal. One option might have been paying the principal and interest. One option might have been paying the principal, interest, and insurance. And then you might have a, another option where you're paying like $800 a month. So you would have people signing up for that loan, but sometimes five, six, seven months into the loan, people will call and say, why is my loan going up instead of down? And, you know, and that's because a lot of um, bankers and a lot of agents and brokers didn't explain to people like the, the option where you're only paying the low, where you're paying the lowest amount, that's for emergencies. Like if you, you know, you get fired from your job and you don't have enough money to pay with your mortgage, supposed to be with the principal and you know the ideal mortgage with principal interest and insurance so you're only supposed to pick this this emergency option only if you're sick you know if you're going through some financial stuff or you know emergency situations like you lose your job some people just paying it every month they was like i can pay eight hundred dollars a month or five hundred dollars a month instead of paying twenty five hundred or five thousand so, so they basically got- was locking them into loans that would never be paid off yeah and what was crazy what was crazy, um, I noticed that sometimes when you had bank representatives come by mortgage companies, they would offer you a higher commission on the loans that was really predatory and not really good for people. But, you know, so, you know, I was happy with like, you know, I forgot the guy's name that worked in the White House. They called him a whistleblower and stuff like that. But I'm happy for people like that to not be afraid to come out and, you know, advocate for people and educate people about, uh, you know, how to, how not to get in bad situations. Yo, that's that's just fucked up. How people just don't give a shit. Yeah. About other people so much that they will completely ruin their lives knowingly, and go home yeah. and eat a sandwich. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. I, you know. I'm coming into an office that remind me of the movie Boiler Room. I don't know if you remember that movie Boiler Room, Van, Van, one of Van Diesel's first movies, but they was, uh, they was like on Wall Street and get people to invest their, their life savings in the different things. Um, you know, but that office was comprised of of some young, rich people. You know, I remember when I first pulled up to the office I worked at, I was, you know, I saw all these nice car, cars and stuff. It made me, I, you know, I couldn't help but to think of the movie Boiler Room. Mm-hmm. So I... Um, yeah, it was very uh it was very tempting to go about things a certain type of way, but I always try to have integrity, man, you know. So I seen a video. Actually mm-hmm. I've seen this a couple of times. Where black people are trying to get their house appraised. Right. And they literally had to scrub every memory they had in the house so that no one would know that black people own that house. To get a fair appraisal when they left their pictures up and 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 it was you know obvious that a black family owned that house they was losing a hundred two hundred thousand dollars on the appraisal is that true certain cities that type of stuff still goes on uh i have a friend uh slash mentor of mine um he uh he purchases properties in, in mississippi and he mm-hmm. was telling me a lot of stuff that happens like that there Damn. Yeah, so that type of stuff does happen. Yeah, crazy. How do we combat that? I mean, we just got to keep trusting the process, man. You know, the world 
has came a long place. Uh, I, I, don't long so. I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I think they have figured out, like for every, t- every time we figure out something and trust the process and adjust, the process changes. Yeah, you're right. But really, to me, and that's what I was going to say, I feel like the world has came a long way in certain ways, but I feel like it has not came a long way in certain ways as well. Here we are in like 2023, 24, I'm sorry. And, you know, that topic you brought about, I, I, you know, I could, that is on point. That type of stuff does still happen. But um, I respect all religions, man. But I think if, it, to me, it's just like simple. You know, like I like how you gave me an introduction and, you you know, uh, coming on your show, mm-hmm. it made me feel so good, you know, and I'll be around a lot of high profile people, man. But um, I think we just need more people like you in the world to realize that we all are royalty. We all are kings. Everything that God put on this earth is for, for all of us. Oh, no, I, said, I, I don't believe that, bro. Mm hmm. I think you are royalty. There's some people I think are shit. I don't have yeah. no problem saying that you shit. You know, so I don't want nobody to get it twisted. I, I am not, you know, everybody is not. You, you don't know, bite your not, tongue. I do. And, you know, like the older you get, the more you, the, the, the more wisdom you acquire. But you remind me of my grandfather when growing up. He said, we all are royalty, but some of us don't act like it. <laughs> Uh, you know, but but uh, you know what? But when people say uh, all of us are all of us come from kings and queens, no, we didn't, because kings and queens had subjects. Yeah, and so it was some nigga cleaning up the yard. I'm sorry, it could be my grandfather, could be your grandfather. Somebody was cooking for the king and queen. Well, you Res- know, everybody respectable had... job. Yeah, but everybody, yeah, you know. So, well, we all can't be king. We all can't be rulers, but no. I feel like someone cleaning um the empire or the castle is just as uh important, important yes. as the person that's ruling <laughs> and so maybe that i shouldn't use the word king or queens and get you know out of context but you know i understand everybody got a role to play yeah but you know Although, but at the same time but at the same time if that's what makes things move forward because it's like a a piece to an engine the piece to an engine costs a hundred dollars you have a piece to an engine that costs two two thousand dollars but if both of those uh pieces aren't working properly both of them can have you on the side of the road too so everybody's facts. important facts and it, and you know what i i understand the uh the importance of of building people up so, I, so in that aspect, I get it. You know, like I call people kings and queens that I know may not be kings and queens. I hell, I, I ain't always a kingly motherfucker. I talk right. like shit, and sometimes I got a horrible attitude. Right, it is what it is. You know, but it just makes you feel better. Yeah, we all have our days. Yeah, no, we all have Yo, what what is the best thing about selling a new couple a new house? I mean. The best thing for me is just knowing that they are going from paying rent and helping out someone else's um, hit, you know, legacy into building a legacy of their own. And, you know, like everybody always say, real estate is the safest investment in the world. Properties might go down, but they're going to come back up, you know. So, I mean, 
you can refinance you know take money out for your kids but there's a it's no it's nothing it's no place like home your own home so i just love the fact that people help people start a new chapter in their life that's what's up uh the worst part about about real estate for you um i say well not so much the worst but the hardest part is um just uh just getting i deal with a lot of buyers so you know just getting them to understand like uh you might not find everything that you're looking for in one property you know because there's a lot of factors that you're looking for in a property but you might say i want a new home but a lot of new homes in areas out here have smaller backyards you know a lot of older you don't want an older home but they have bigger backyards so you know where you might have a home that you really like but they and have an amount of bedrooms that you want but it you want you want two bathrooms it only has one bathroom so you know just uh you know wishing that you can give them everything that they're looking for but you know it's just important to be realistic and um be willing to give and receive during the process rich people spend a, a shitload of money on their houses but do they take way longer to find a house um a lot of rich people they they pretty uh you know they pretty on it you know but um but at the same time it's just like any other client you know like it's you know it's, it's all about matchmaking you know like you're trying to get the seller to formulate their mind what it's like to be a buyer and you're trying to get the buyer to formulate their mind what it's like to be a seller so you can get this deal done. Oh, like the sodas that are, are the sellers like, you know, pie in the sky. My house is worth $17 million when it's really worth 20,000. That type of yeah. shit. Yeah. But sometimes they don't realize it until their house is on the market for like, you know, two or three months or four or five months, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then you come, then you might come across that same client and realtor maybe like four or five months later and they're way more humble the next time you talk to them. Oh, that's got to suck too. Yeah. But, you know, buyers can be the same way sometimes. They they want to lowball the person. And, you know, so it's just about compromise. Yep. And not, um, just, it's just about matchmaking, just trying to compromise, get this deal done. Okay. So, my oldest daughter, she's out there in California, uh, just got her real estate license. She had done it before in, in Michigan, um, but she just got it out there. Nice. Uh, um, best piece of advice you could give her? Uh, just uh, maintain a positive attitude. As with, you know, it's, real estate is just another form of sales. You know, I, I commend anybody that's willing to be a realtor. Cause you, um, you know, you don't get paid hourly, you know, so, you know, um, yeah, just be, just maintain a positive attitude because if you keep grinding, they call it filling up your pipeline, you'll start getting deals back to back to back, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, just maintain a positive attitude and, you know, uh, real estate is one of those fields where a lot of people, 
you know, like if you work at the hospital and not gonna be like, so how's you know, sometimes they might ask you, how's it going at the hospital? But real estate is one of those fields where people, your friends and family will ask you a lot, like, how's it going? You know, you, you have to keep your swag up even when things are slow, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 always suck. have a positive mindset. Yeah, that's the that, don't that's, let that's, make money, don't let money make you, you know. That's hard, that's hard to, oh, that's hard though. Yeah, you was, yeah. You always feel better when those deals come through, but you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, sometimes you might put a lot of work into a deal and it might just fall apart, you know. But okay, you sell a house, let's say a million dollars, you got a commission five percent. I don't know what the rate is. Yeah. But how how long after it closes do you actually get paid? Uh, it takes about probably about six weeks for it to go through escrow and everything. Then your broker to cut you a check. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did you go from real estate to cannabis? Well, I, um, growing up in the Bay Area, we always been around cannabis, you know, I mean, it's no secret. The Bay Area has some of the best cannabis forever. And, um, some of the best growers have came out, out of, uh, the Bay Area and California. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you always been around it about cannabis stuff you know a lot of advocates before it was even legal a lot of people just advocating and advocating for it that's what got it to the point where it became legal you know but mm -hmm. so i always realized that um you know i had my moment where i smoked and stuff like that a little bit but i always realized that it really some people said it just to get their parents to back off of them a little bit but i always realized <laughs> that it, it really was medicinal <laughs> yeah so um i got into cannabis with my buddy, uh, like corporate cannabis stuff with, with my guy, uh, GP, Gary Payton, mm -hmm. his mom, uh, health was ailing and, uh, you know, he started giving her some of the cannabis gummies and stuff like that. to just kind of like, you know, help, help her, uh, go through the pain a little bit better. And they were working, you know, so, mm -hmm. and, uh, he had a couple of projects going on at that time. And, um, yeah, so I, um, you know, I started meeting different people at, you know, as he got, you know, interested in the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, uh, we got connected with burner and, uh, you know, uh, he's from the Bay area. So, uh, you know, and he's like, you know, cookies are very big time. So it, I, I, it is, I, don't, I hate to cut you off, but if you do mm -hmm. not know out there that, that, that burner is probably top 1% of, of, of the cannabis industry. Yep. Like he is, if you're out there, Burner, I need you on the show. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Yeah. No, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. So uh, we make sure we uh, put a good word in for you um, with Burner. That's our guy. But yeah, so we uh, we started working with them, and uh, I got a much uh, more intimate view of the mm -hmm. uh, of the cannabis world. And uh, so currently, I'm working on this project. But, you know, when you're doing a startup company, that's one of the biggest things, you know, just being patient. We started it like right before the pandemic hit. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, the climate of cannabis kind of changed a little bit during the pandemic. But, um, yeah, so we uh, we got a company called General Principle that we um, that we're working on. But it's, it's like a health and wellness company. So it's, uh, we got a, a nice lineup, like some nice SKUs that's going to really uh, really help people out with like CTE and, you know, arthritis, you know, topicals for arthritis and stuff like that. Yo, uh, yeah, I need that right there, man. Um, yeah. Well, not me personally, 
but like I would love, you know, we we could always use a sponsor around here and y'all starting up, that would be great. Um, right. But okay, so I've been in the healthcare industry for decades. Uh, how is it helping, like CTE? I'm sorry. How how was it helping CTE? Well, you know, we're we're not uh, saying that it's curing CTE, but cannabinoids. We connected with a few doctors, and cannabinoids can be used to as healing properties for okay. people that's having CTE problems, and also um, for sports that people are playing, like football and you know boxing and stuff like that. Uh, it can have preventative properties so you can use the cannabinoids as preventative properties and healing properties and i i i don't think that there's going to it's going to be too much longer before the federal government just go ahead and say hey we done with it yeah it's, it's it's legal across the board yeah yeah i think i think it might as well get to that point because uh, you know cannabis isn't going anywhere i know it's you know it's approved by the state but i can't wait till it's regularly regulated as well so you can do business with you know more banks and stuff like that and I, I mean like the money that's being made like i know michigan has been legal uh just across the board like they, right. medicinally recreational it's been legal for a, some years now right and like i i don't smoke but from my understanding like the quality at least in michigan has has elevated significantly which yeah. Is is there a concern that it, that that it may be getting too strong? Is it a concern that it's getting too what? Too strong. Um. Well, it's regulated, so it can have a certain amount of TAC in it. Um. But really, it's just a matter of people kind of finding out which one works for them. Because you know, mm. one strand that might work for one person might not work for the next person. So you just gotta, you know, find out if you. Sativas is better for you, or uh, indica is better for you, or hybrids are better for you. And, you know, everybody grow different, different too. But that's why the the state regulates the amount of THC that can uh, go into uh, that can be sold. And that's one thing that bothers me is is the state regulating because the state regulations is basically big cannabis business telling them, okay, do do X, Y, and Z, right. Which is not always, uh, it's kind of like the real estate business. You know, when the banks were telling the government, okay, well, these arm loans are okay. And the government, sure. Next thing you know, everybody losing their house left and right because of these arm loans. Right. Um, yeah, deferred how, interest how, loans was bad. Oh, my God. How do how do we ensure that, the, that, that the, there's a healthy balance between government regulations and what's good for the people well i know in california i don't know about other states but i think they um i think that the gov the state uh, officials are, are doing a, a pretty solid job at um, mm. letting people uh consult them about okay. uh cannabis uh products and consumption mm-hmm so I don't think it's just numbers they just came up with. You know, I think they're doing a good job of you know dealing with people that've been in the business and scientists and doctors and stuff like that. I think they're doing a pretty solid job as far as not just coming up with numbers, but figuring out what you know are these numbers accurate. Which one you prefer, real estate or cannabis? Uh, I mean, I like I like both. I like both. Yep. 
um, both of them are a grind, you know. Both of them, uh, you just gotta just just grind, man, and net, network, you know. But uh, I like both of them. I like both. Uh, both of them change life, you know. Uh, you know, I always want to give a positive handprint, footprint in the world. So yeah, both of them are changing lives. Okay, that's what's up. What's next for you? Um, I was talking with my brother recently. He just came out with a motivational book for man. Uh, it's on Amazon, and um, yeah, I was with Gary in uh Boston a few, uh, probably like a year or two ago on four twenty with uh with with uh Rick Ross, but he he had his books everywhere he went, you know. So, wait, 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 what's Rick Ross? The real Rick Ross or the rapper? Free, freeway Rick Ross. Okay, yeah. Who has yeah. been on the show? Go check that out. Just saying. Okay, I gotta check it out. Yeah, but he, uh, I got, so I got a chance to talk to him over over a couple day period, you know, and he was, just, uh, he was just saying that everybody should write a book before they leave this earth, you know. So everybody has a story to tell, you know. Yeah, but that's that's really it, you know. I just, um, I'm working with this one guy, um, one of my friends. He has a nonprofit organization where he has a mission to help get kids into six figure uh jobs in, in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley and and t- with tech companies and stuff like that. So I'm I'm gonna be working with him this year to um you know to get high school and college kids prepared for that. And uh they have a pretty solid solid uh, board. You know, everybody mm-hmm. like went to like Ivy League schools and stuff with uh you know Princeton, Stanford, Cal. Oh yeah. yeah so that's one of my missions too. I love helping kids. I'm I'm very very interested in that. Although I am apparently not smart enough to be on that board. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Hey, we we all can help. But I do. I, I you know I wrote something on on Facebook uh, the other day. Uh, what did I say that uh, smart kids are into science fiction, not because it's corny, but because it's limitless. And they don't like to put a cap on their dreams. Mm-hmm. I like that. And, and oh, I'm selling that in my next book. Okay. No, I'm just fucking. Okay. With you. I don't have book. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, but that 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 you know, I truly believe that. I think that you know, because I, I, it's a show that I've been watching uh, lately. Uh, Young Sheldon. I don't know if right. you, uh, you, you watch that, but this kid is like just ridiculously smart smarter than everybody in 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 his state and mm-hmm. half the country mm-hmm. but he doesn't limit himself i love it. you know and I, and i think that 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 is a huge problem especially in our community is that we put ceilings on everything right you know and and i expect the other side to put ceilings for us but we kind of on autopilot in a lot of areas where, you know, I'm too old for this or I'm not smart enough to do this or, I you know, I, I didn't come from this background to do this. And, man, like, I, I just hate to hear people say what they can't do. Right. Yeah, never, never doubt yourself, man. If other people can do it, you can do it. And other people can't do it, you still can do it. We talk ourselves out of greatness so much, and I tell people this all the time. Cause I'll be hearing them have a great idea, um, and I'm like, dude, why, why are you talking yourself out of your greatness? Right. No, you're you right. Just, you, oh my god. So, so your boy said you should write. I mean, uh, Freeway said you should write a book. Any thoughts on that? 
I mean, everybody have a unique story, man. You know, like every everybody, everybody's life is, is like a book anyway. Well, I, don't, I don't care about everybody. I'm talking about you. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is, you know, my life has chapters in it. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, our lives have chapters in it, you know, so I just feel like I always have had the mentality, like, anything that I have uh, been through wasn't a waste of time. That chapter might not last forever. We might have closed the chapter and pivoted into something different. But, you know, I remember I worked in a direct marketing company and um, in my early 20s. And um, that company taught me so much about sociology. Like, I took sociology classes in college, but mm-hmm. I feel like I learned more about sociology working in that company than I learned in college just because it's just like that was the you know, ideal study of people is just face-to-face marketing, talking to 300 to 500 people or more per day for like a couple years straight. God. That's got to be painful. No, I had fun with it, man. I had fun with it. I I, I made sure the people I was training, I I had fun with it, you know. So uh, I'm a people person, so I used to just... I don't know. Before I knew it, everything in my car was was uh my, my car would always be empty at the end of the day. <laughs> hey, I don't like people that much, man. I I think you you know but that's too much, bro. Um, yeah, door to door sales not for everybody. What chapter are you in currently? What would what would this the title of this chapter be? I mean, I think it's important to. You know, um, remember what has gotten you to where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes, you know, you want to get into new stuff, different stuff. Um, but this chapter right here, just just keep doing what you're doing. You know, whether people understand it or they don't understand it. This is this is the chapter I'm in. Just keep keep doing what you're doing. You know, my qualities, my mindset, my vibration have gotten me far in life. So, you know, just let that sustain me. Okay. And, uh, you know, you know how it is, man. We're 40 years old. You know, we uh, accomplished some stuff we have wanted to accomplish, some stuff we haven't. But, you know, we got to be thankful for what we have, man. So I just, uh, just you know, keep the student mentality, keep learning more stuff, but also remember what, you know, I bring to the table, just keep doing what I'm doing, Chapter. Yo, uh, how did, how did you end up meeting Gary Payton? Man, um, his dad started dating my auntie when I was 10 years old. He met her at a, a rec center that she ran in Oakland called EOIDC. Mm-hmm. So they got really close. They ended up having a kid. Gary's youngest sister is from my from my auntie, so mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, he was in college then at Oregon State. Who who's the best point guard out of Oakland? I mean, you know, I Gary's the best point guard that come out of Oakland. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that everybody bring Gary's the best point guard that come out of Oakland. But really, at the end of the day, everybody bring different stuff to the table. You know, like you got Jason Kidd; he's another good point guard. You know, you got Brian Shaw. I mean, he plays small forward. He plays some point guard as well. So, but you know, Gary, Gary was. A, I know it's not biased. That's my boy, but he, you know, he, he's the best. Because Jay Jay Kidd was a, was a crazy. JK was good. Passing Very wise, good. Jake, 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 Jason Kidd is nobody better than him at passing. 
Uh, Defense-wise, I get at the GP. Offensive, definitely uh, Gary Payton. Yeah. He got a lot of props for his defense in, um, you know, Sports Illustrated and in college and stuff like that. And in the, the NBA, Defensive Player of the Year, only, you know, one of the first point guards to uh, ever get that award. And, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, that dude been putting up points since middle school. You know, so I got a chance to see them play in, in a little bit in high school, but mm-hmm. yeah, even yeah, he's a he's a scoring machine. He was a scoring machine. Now I can see the benefits of being, you know, being uh, friends with Gary Payton. Are, are, are there any downsides? No, 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 I wouldn't say there's any downsides. I mean, you know, he put, he put me on. I mean, away from the glitz and the glamour, you know, he. He reminded me of his dad so much, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, never forget about me, always checking on me, good mentor, you know. His dad his dad used to come by Fremont, break up the dice games in my, in my high school and stuff. <laughs> Y'all get your asses in class. So, you know, he, he got, <laughs> you know, he, uh, he, he got a lot of his dad in him. I watch him when he's coaching his uh, university, mm-hmm. you know. He, um, and I watch how he, uh, you know, how he deals with me. He got, he got a lot of love for me. He got to check on me almost every day. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say there's any downsides. It's, it's all positive. You, I can't imagine you shooting dice back in the day. Man, you know what? I didn't shoot dice in high school, but if, say, if I, you were my friend or, you know, or if you wasn't my friend but you was a classmate and I noticed that you were hot, you know, I would mm-hmm. I would do some side betting. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, wouldn't, I, I really wasn't a shooter like that. So you 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 more of a safe bet type of cat. Yeah, man. Oh my goodness, man! I remember uh, me and two of my cousins was at this uh, 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 this bachelor party for uh, my cousin's best friend, and I was killing these niggas on the dice. I mean, like I the whole I was just killing everybody to the point. Like I remember my my, my one cousin was broke. Gave him 50 bucks. He started betting with me. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I don't think I've ever had a better night on a dice than that night, man. Shut down. <laughs> bachelor. I shut you down the whole bachelor part. Oh, my God. Them sevens was flowing, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I would have I bet on you that night, too. Oh, my God, man. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you have it. Sometimes you don't. I've had those other sides, too, man. Gambling right. is, is a motherfucker. Uh, yeah, I would have bet on you that night. Mistakes. What what mistakes have you made along the way? Um, mistakes. I would say um, it's a trip that you asked that we were at a we were at a brunching, and this qu- the question that you just asked me remind me of the vibe. At the brunching, uh, it was an All Star Weekend brunching in Utah a couple years ago when the All Stars in Utah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like the last supper vibes, and we like had our eyes closed, and it was like whisper to the person next to you, you know, if you could change something, what would you change? And um, I just said that um, it's good being a, a analytical person mm-hmm. and having good awareness. But sometimes don't overanalyze stuff, you know. Ooh, yeah, you know, it's just like a gift and a curse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I used to tell the kids, and I was coaching basketball. Um, I would tell some of the kids that 
was a little bit more free spirited and some of the kids that reminded me of myself a lot that was just a little be a little bit too serious or over analyzing i'm telling them i need y'all to learn from each other you know mm-hmm. i need you to have a little bit more fun like this person i need you to get a little bit more analytical like this person you know but uh yeah, this is all about having balance but that's one mistake i feel like that maybe i have made uh through the years just being a little bit over over analytical oh my god i overthink shit all the time bro yeah and i have overthought myself out of some definitely out of some great shit yeah. you know but sometimes i just i can't wait you know i need to know now you need to tell me now and that right. that irritates the fuck out of people Right. So, you know, yeah, or man. you end up being if you're too over if you're too analytical, you end up being that boring nigga. Yeah. They can depend on you. Yeah. But you ain't spontaneous enough. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, I, I am not a spontaneous type of cat. Mm-hmm. You know. I have my moments where I, I am, but you know, sometimes I, I have my moments where I'm a little over analytical as well. What's your favorite spot on the planet to visit? I mean, man, um, my guy GP, he had me in a lot of places, man. He had me in Dubai, um, in, in Abu Dhabi, um, Shanghai, Beijing, Estonia, in Europe. Yo, what's China like? It's it's a vibe, very clean. Um, people very uh, people very uh, laid back. Yeah, China's a vibe. Yep, high tech. Got a lot of cameras on the streets and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, China China's a vibe. Very very clean though. Streets are very clean. I, yeah, you get like in trouble for littering over there. Man, I would love but to I visit China. China. Yeah, China was good. It was fun. I think everywhere had pros and cons. Uh, you know, I'm, I just, you know, had, a, I, I cherish everywhere that I went. But uh, I think one of my favorite places, probably like, uh, was in uh, Malaga in Spain. That was pretty, that. pretty nice. Yeah, it's uh, where Picasso was from. Yeah, so we, uh, uh, Gary was giving awards there and getting a couple awards too at, at uh, the museum. Uh, the Picasso Museum in a, a ring, uh, ballroom. What the? I'm just curious. What type of awards was he getting from the Picasso Museum? Uh, it was like a board. It was a. It was, it was like the uh, Minister of Sports in uh, in Spain. They were giving awards to Gary and uh, some from the soccer Picasso players. Museum. Yeah, the they did it. Museum. Yeah, they did it. They did it in Madrid, and it was at the Picasso Museum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my bad. I, I hit my phone, man. And it, it came up the <laughs> the, the, the what you call it the uh, live stream came up. So if you heard, if you hear an echo, that that was my dumb ass. Oh uh, no, you fine. <laughs> hey, we, well, well, Go intellectually ahead. petty, man. Anything goes. <laughs> uh pretty much yeah i i you know um I, I had somebody tell me uh the other day uh yo i tried to watch your podcast and she's really churchly and she's like it was too much it was the language was too much for me i'm sorry um well you know it is what it is I, I, you, you you're never going to please everybody 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And even though I got good intentions, some sometimes my my mouth might get in the way. Oh yeah, no, it's all good. Ain't that you know? I'm from East Oakland, so it's all good. Yo, you don't <laughs> you don't give off East Oakland though, man. You give off uh just polished, like like I I, I don't know the Tom Hanks where he's from. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Intentional? No, man. I mean, I always just did me. I always have did me. Um, I remember when I was in high school, you know, you know how it is. And growing up in the hood, you're trying to survive and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, you're selling this, selling that. <laughs> you know, I remember one time I was uh, trying to trying to sustain myself and put a little money in my pocket. So I was selling uh bags to my co-workers i mean to my co-workers to my uh, fellow students okay so this one guy came to the school and he was like um i guess he was trying to find out who his competition was so he um they brought him to me and and then he looked at me i didn't look like you know the average person at, at fremont i looked like i was supposed to be at skyline you know but, right yeah he was like you is you you know but I, but one thing that he told me is like, man, I, you know, as you got to get to know me, he was like, man, you know, like you taught me not to judge a book by its cover and, you know, re- remind people to be themselves. But I, you know, I always dress like a pretty boy and stuff like that. I always carry myself like I had since. I remember one security guard walked up to me and my friend when we was in high school, and he's like, one thing I like about you guys, man, you, you know, y'all don't be sagging, y'all don't be around here talking loud and cussing around adults. He's like, but y'all, y'all doing y'all thing, man. I like y'all. I like how y'all move. You know, me and the guy, instead of him being my competitor at school, we end up being friends. So. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So now he's like a brother to me. Really? But, uh, yeah. But, you know, yeah. So it's a trip how relationships can come together. Okay, yo, I got the weirdest story. Be legit telling me how he ended up being cool with Richie Rich. They, uh-huh. they uh, they use the same uh, mechanic or car fixer dude, whatever the case is, and Richie Rich stole a piece off his car. Mm-hmm. While, while, yeah, that's while, crazy. Yeah, while their cars were at the shop, he needed a piece for his car. He just took the shit. <laughs> like, oh man! And 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 be legit, you know. Approached him about it, and you know they talked about it, and they ended up being cool as fuck. Man, that's funny. Go man. That's the trip. Our relationships can come together. The craziest thing, man. I'm not well. Like me and my boy of of decades. uh, You know, when I used to smoke, I was on a bus stop, and I'm I'm like, I look around and it's this dude smoking a blunt. Uh You want to hit? He want you want to hit this? Right, and we've been we've been cool ever since, and neither oh, one of us man. neither one of us smoked in years, but we've been cool ever since. Yeah, you know, uh, but life is something else, man. You got kids? Yep, I have a son. He's twenty five. Yeah. Oh 25. my gosh, man! What's the best? What's been the best thing about being a father? I mean, um, you know. Growing up, he would tell me thanks, and he, he appreciate me and stuff like that. And I would, I would always tell him thanks back too. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I say, you you help 
me put my life on a better track, you know, and realize that I had somebody, um, you know, that I had to be a good example for. Yeah, so it didn't cure me, you know, maybe going through some things in my early uh, 20s, but it definitely minimized the drama I went through by having a kid. It just wanted me to be on a more positive uh, vibe. Yo, that shit definitely puts you on a different trajectory, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. At, at some point, you it, it just, you know, and I don't know if it's when they're born. Most of us kind of maybe, you know, a little bit after they're born or whatever. But it just dawns on you that, yeah, I can't I can't keep doing this stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you care, man, you'll change when you have a kid. So I, I definitely changed. Started coaching him all during elementary and middle school and uh, started being a mentor to other kids in the Bay Area, kind of like what Gary Dad did for me and mm-hmm. other kids growing up with Gary's era and stuff like that in my era. And, um, yeah, so he, it definitely, uh, put me on, you know, in the, um, in the, in the community more. Would you have another one? Man, it's, I wouldn't say it's late in the game, but I don't really plan at this point in time, but you know, you never know. <laughs> I'm, four, I'm 44, man. So, you know, it's kind of late. I feel like it's pros and kids early, but I also feel like it could be pros and cons having them a little bit late too, but I wouldn't say this is an ideal age, though, 44. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to be that 80-year-old nigga at, at graduation. Yeah. And like, oh, is that your grandson? No, 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 that's it. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. Although I could, I don't know. Um, but I feel like the, every kid that comes into this world is meant to be, though, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, what do you think? Like, are you... Are you scared for your grandchildren or your, your your future grandchildren or what they're inheriting as the world? Man, that's a good point you brought up, man. The the world is shifting in a crazy direction. It's definitely shifting in a crazy direction. It's a uh, it's very uh kind of nerve wracking to wonder where the world is going to be twenty thirty years from now. Like I I. I, I I never really foresaw or even thought about or considered the end of this country. Mm -hmm. I do not. I do now. And that's a scary, like I got six grandkids. Right. My oldest is uh, 14 and she's in high school. Uh Uh-huh. And my youngest just turned two. Your youngest just turned how old? Two. Two. Okay. So I just don't, you know, I'm definitely scared for my two-year-old grandbaby, what she's going to be when she's grown, what the world is going to be, you know, will this country exist? What's some of the things that scare you? Will this country exist? Um, And why do you think we got, you have to be curious about that? Because I think that we're at a point now where white people in this country foresee this being South Africa. Difference being is that uh, even though there were some horrible things that happened to the brothers and sisters in South Africa, uh, they the, the white people have done us so much harm, not everybody, but historically in this country that they're scared that we're going to pay them back. Right. 
And so, like, now you have them trying to erase history and, you know, act like everything, you know, like it's kumbaya. Instead of saying, hey, we fucked up. How can we fix this? Right. And I don't think that our the next, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to be in 100 years when this country is predominantly Hispanic and black people and white people are the minority. It's a great question. You know, um, I know how I would be if I was being born in a hundred years. Yeah, and and it, it it would definitely not be. You know, I don't know. So I'm I'm scared that they're going to push the pendulum so far with some of the laws that they're doing now. That it's going to expedite ruining this country out of fear. Yeah, I mean, that's people just gotta. My my opinion, I think people gotta make sure when you're in a position of power that you use it the right way and don't abuse it. But see, that's subjective. Like your right way and my right way make conflict. You know, because if you look at like the way that they have stacked the uh, the federal judges, like people people do not realize how much Trump has changed the ju- judicial system of this country for decades to come. Yeah. Like when he put in a shitload of judges that think like he do. Yeah. And, you know, like that's, I probably, you and I probably won't feel the effects. You know, if we do, it will be in a nursing home, 80 years old, (laughs) sipping out a straw. Man. It's a trip. Uh, that young thug is going through the same situation as Trump with the Rico charge. Young thug made it too easy, you know. And and I think that's it's it's emblematic of this generation making things way too easy for the government. Like you just can't get online or talk about all your business to everybody or, you know, like you got to understand that these cell phones are, are megaphones. And I think this generation, unfortunately, is learning that the hard way. Yeah. I'm hoping that their kids, and I'm not going to sit up here and act like crime is just going to stop. It's not. You know, but get smarter. Stop telling on yourself. I just don't. You know, they're getting on, on, on Instagram, telling the world what you did because you want to be liked. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. You know, what are you listening to now? Like, you listen to music? Um, yeah, I, I like all type of music, man. Um, I grew up playing the drums in church. My, mm-hmm. my twin brother um, 
grew up playing the piano. A lot of my auntie and uncles were musicians and singers. So I feel like it's in my blood. I've always been into all different uh, genres of music. My uh, my brother used to play when he come pick us up on Saturday mornings to go play uh, basketball at the gym. He was just playing all type of stuff from David Benoit, the uh, jazz player, um, mm-hmm. to Anita Baker, t- Tony Braxton, who gospel music. So I was I was blessed to be introduced to a, you know a wide range of music at an early age. But I feel like that I, nothing that's really changed with me since when I first started listening to music. I, I just listen to a wide range of music. Identical you know? twins. Fraternal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, I always yeah. wanted to, you know, like having an identical twin would kind of be dope. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be yeah. super dope. To an extent, because, you know, like, y- y- y'all only have one identity to the world. Mm-hmm. So that would suck. You know, at some point, I kind of want my own thing going on. But, man, the shenanigans that we could play, <laughs> that'll yeah. never go away. I have a lot of fun with identical twin growing up. <laughs> so, so personality wise, like, how are y'all different? Uh, when we were younger, I was more the serious person. He was more like the turn up, the turn up one. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of switched shoes once we got uh, once we got older. I said I'm kind of like turn up more than him now. He kind of more house body. I don't want to be outside stuff. So. Oh, so he kind of he he burnt out. He's chilling yeah. now. <laughs> Man, some of the stories I used to hear him when we was in middle school, I couldn't believe it because I didn't. I mean, I was I don't see him joking around at family get-togethers and and stuff like that. You know, in elementary. Uh, but when we got in uh, middle school, you know, you know, you have a f- six classes per day now when you get in right. middle school. So that you know, people be like, "Man, it's going down in third period, or it's going down in fifth period." But uh, people would come up to me and say, "Man, third period, Mister uh, Mister Jones class, it be going down. Your brother be in there acting up." Or fifth period, uh, our our our, math, our science class, it be going down in there. Your brother be acting up. But I was just, I couldn't. Some of the stuff I was hearing was just like, I I didn't think he was that crazy. Some of the stuff that he used to be doing or saying in class, <laughs> but, you know. But it was it was a uh, he was a trip. He got a referral like 30 days in a row at our middle school in Oakland Hills. And you know, like you were saying earlier, there's a lot of fluent families up there, a lot of foreigners that wouldn't go to any other middle schools in Oakland coming to my terror, you know. And um, yeah, they ended up kicking him out, sending him back down, you know, to the <laughs> flatlands, to uh, Bret Hart. But uh, I was like, man, I told you, so to tone it down a little bit. But uh, yeah, but now it's like, it's totally different. Minister of music at the church and stuff like that. He's just super, super chill. He come have a, a glass of wine with us. He be feeling bad the next day. I'm like, dude, you're all right. You're not, you're not going to hell. Some wine. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure the big big man uh, sipped on a little wine. He turned water into wine. Right. I, th- I think he'll be okay with that one. Right. Let me fix this light real quick if you don't mind. I'm sorry. Oh, go, go ahead. We almost done anyway, though, bro. You all right? All right. Yeah, you you good, bro? Like we should. I didn't realize until I just looked over. It's damn near been an hour, bro. We we about wrapping it up. Man, I enjoy my time with you, man. Yeah, well, I, likewise, man. You know, I, I like having dope conversations with great people, man. Thank you. Likewise. Um, 
if, if people want to buy a house from you, how they get in contact with you? Man, the best way to get in contact with me is go to Instagram, bless, uh, B-L-E-S-S-E-D underscore top tier, T-O-P-T-I-E-R, and then realtor to show up. So, yeah, when you uh, when you go on Instagram, just place bless underscore top tier realtor. Okay. Uh, most expensive house you've sold? Uh, probably like 1.3. Ooh. That's nice. Well, actually, that that's kind of like that's not expensive in California. Nah, not really. It's, you got some two, three million dollar homes in the Bay Area. If, yeah, the average, average home, the average home is yeah about you know probably about seven hundred to a million dollars in the Bay Area. Just decent homes. That's crazy. But the further that's- you out, like in the quote unquote valley. Mm-hmm. Um, things get a little bit cheaper, but I'm in Oakland and you know, anywhere from like the East Bay to the South Bay to you know, North Bay, like Moran and San Francisco area, you know, you know, it's all about location. The closer you are to jobs and you know, less crime and stuff like that, you have better value on homes. But you know, Vallejo? uh, Vallejo, that's a, it's a kind of tricky city right now. What's going on with the uh, city officials and stuff like that for the past like 10 years? So, Mm-hmm. the police department so um yeah, that definitely have affected the value of homes you get more for your money in vallejo they don't have like a big pool of uh properties but yeah, when they do it's not, it's not as high as other places mm. and then you have to go over the bridge too so some a lot of times people don't like to stay there they don't want to pay for the bridge every day oh you got to pay for the bridge yeah but you know they don't have uh toll workers anymore so you go you go over the bridge to a fast track they don't have toll workers. Like, what the yeah. fuck? They just uh, you just have your thing in the window called Fast Track. I don't know, you might be familiar with it. But, uh, yeah, and they just charge you seven dollars every time you go across. What? Every yeah. time? Every time. Oh man, so that's fifteen dollars a day, damn near. If you work like in the Bay Area. Well, if, if when you're leaving, they don't charge you. But when you're coming, when you're entering oh, to Vallejo. Okay. Or you're entering into San Francisco, they they charge you seven dollars. Okay, I got you. So and if you don't pay it, it turns into thirty five. <laughs> but shit, even still though, like if you only paying one way, and you work five days a week, that's thirty five dollars. Yeah. And you got to park somewhere. Yeah. Again, the Bay Area, they say, man, if you making like eighty to ninety thousand, you're low income in the Bay Area. Yo, see, I'm in Ohio, and if you making, I'm in Cleveland. And if you're making eighty to ninety thousand dollars, you're doing all right. Yeah, man. It's just you know, it depends where you at, man. Yeah. I think Ohio is one is definitely top ten most affordable states to live in. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I can't even imagine some of these uh, I would never move to New York or California ever. Yeah, super high. Oh, and definitely not uh Seattle. I heard like I think Seattle is like the highest city to live in in the country well yeah i mean they got a lot of tech stuff going on in seattle and uh yeah seattle's a beautiful city yeah i'm gonna pass on that though <laughs> and, and they can keep fucking sir mix a lot oh man <laughs> sir mix a lot uh personal situation with that nigga man uh <laughs> yo oh, man. yeah i tried to get him on the show man and, and he just clowned me about one show i did it was a real asshole about it. I'm like, damn, yeah. bro. Oh man, like, right. he's from Seattle, huh? right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, like I was a big fan of, of, of Sir Mix Alive, man. Still, still am, man. Uh, Posse on Broadway. Oh my God, one of my favorite oh, yeah. songs ever, man. But, man. Classic. Oh my God, he, he was such a jerk, man. I usually don't throw people under the bus either, but man, that dude was. Just a... Anyway, man, um, I gotta thank you tremendously, bro, for coming on the show. It's been oh, an yeah, honor sure. and a privilege, man. Um, lo- love the conversation. I don't know if there's ever anything I can do for you, but if there is, you got my math already. Let me know, and I got you. I got you too, Jobs. And I, it was a pleasure and honor to be on here, man. I love having conversations like this with substance. So uh, yeah, hopefully people uh, learn some stuff, listen to our conversation. Uh, yeah, but uh, I look forward to networking with your daughter with the real estate and uh, anything that I can do do for her. Uh, I got her back. So yeah, you got connections. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I absolutely will, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, if you need anything, man, just you know, hit me up. You got my number. Yes, I, I definitely will be reaching out to you, man. Uh, pre- hey, I, I love your platform. Yeah, appreciate you creating a platform for people to tell their story and to motivate others and to promote their brands, etc. Et yeah, yeah. We, we trying. You yeah, know, sure. um, if you know anybody want to come on the show, man, let me know. I got you. Okay, I will. All right, no doubt, okay. man. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Peace. All right, peace. Yo, that was very dope, man. Shout out to Jason Dixon, man. Uh, very phenomenal conversation. I learned a little bit, uh, which uh, is un- unusual. I don't learn much. I try not to learn much on any given day. Uh, <laughs> uh, but next week, we got Casey, the model, and Philip Sample. Uh, yo, uh, that's going to be pretty dope. Casey, the model, is is just a, a, a very young lady. Um, who is doing tremendous things, uh, got a music career popping off, uh, just just super branding the whole night. And Philip Sample, man, uh, my guy, you know, did some time, came out and made some, some made a difference. Um, so anyway, this has been Jobs. You're tuned into another episode of Intellect Petty Radio. You already know, like, subscribe, share the channel. Uh, shout, shout out to Sirlock. The real Adidas boy. I, I, yo, I, I literally am rocking a pair of tens right now. Um, anyway, on that note, I'm out. Y'all have a good one.